I have no problem with the federal government being involved in national security because mm-hmm. they're allowed to be involved in national security. You know what they're not allowed to be involved in? State rights. States rights. Department of Labor. Yeah. Right? Education. Education. Yeah. Welfare. They're yeah. not allowed to be involved in any of that. Welcome to Pod Bless America. I'm Jim. And I'm Dan. And today we've got Ohio State Senator Nathan Manning oh, in. We called my senator. Jesus <laughs> Christ. He said, listen. We need you to be here to talk uh, God, on wish, the show. I and, wish uh, everybody could have heard the, <laughs> the outtake we just did. You would understand why I'm laughing. But that's fine. But uh, uh, here he is, Nathan Manning. Thanks for coming in today. Gentlemen, thanks for having me. Uh, oh, well, um, and as uh, as the story goes, this is actually the second time Nathan's been here. This is. Maybe you guys remember the other episode. Oh, no, wait, you don't. No, you don't. You don't. Because we corrupted the entire file. We had a fantastic hour-long episode with Nathan. And absolute garbage it just the the whole file was corrupted right you sent me that message i'm like send me the file let me hear it and you hear it and it's like <laughs> and that's what it sounded like yeah it was and horrible. i was like oh no and then so we let him know we have to have him back and um and he came back yeah even after he spent an hour with us he could have been like listen i know what you guys are about now i ain't stepping foot in there bro now, last time we had him here, it was nighttime. Yeah. And Nathan was worried we were actually going to murder him mm. in the, because it's a little scary in the uh, foyer area there. Yeah. Well, just even coming up to the compound is well, a Holly, little, little uh, intimidating for Holly McTarian, she was here. She also thought that this is where her life ended. Oh, that um, was hilarious. It does. It does look like, it, it does look like something from a horror movie. Well, this night. is it. <laughs> and you guys are a little sketchy. So, yeah. you know. <laughs> Not in the daytime though. No, this is great. <laughs> in the daytime, it's awesome. Man, Nathan, so you got some stuff coming up next month, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We have a special primary, a second primary, August 2nd. So not many people are aware of it, but it's going to be state senate, state rep, and state central committee. So three, really four different positions on the ballot. So we expect turnout to be pretty low. Yeah, you know, on a normal, any given primary, we're at, what, 8%, 9% in some of these places. It was 21% in Lorain County um, in May. Uh, but we had the governor's race, we had the U.S. Senate race, a lot of um, big races. You know, and we don't really have the draw for the state rep and state senate. Ugh. So, and this is what we said, right? I mean, primaries matter. If you want change, this is where you get your change. And if you don't show up, you're just letting other people make your vote. So, um, August second, it's three weeks. <clears throat> Is it? Yep. It's that close, right? Yeah, it's really close. Uh, early voting already started. Early voting started, uh, you know, la- last week on Wednesday. And so. you are not. You are being primaried. Correct. There's yep. somebody. It is contested. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the term, Jim. It's contested. Contested. Get it together. Primaried. I guess that's if he gets beat. <laughs> he's not going to get beat. It's Nathan Manning. I feel. I feel good. Nathan, when you ask him, he's like, "Well, I don't know." You know, you never know. Right. Why don't you uh, give people who don't know much about you your background a little bit? Yeah. So uh, lifelong resident of uh, North Ridgeville. Um, That's my town. Yeah. <laughs> Grew up, went to high school here, graduated, went off to college and law school, came back, threw up a shingle with my sister, Allison, um, at the corner of Center Ridge and 83 there. So we have a law practice in town. And then uh, a few years later, I you know, got to work with Jim here as uh, as the city prosecutor for North Ridgeville. And then somehow somebody talked me into running for state rep when it was open seat, ran for that and mm-hmm. somehow won. Okay. Uh, one, uh, two terms did, uh, and then ran for the Senate when that was open seat. So, uh, finished up my first four year term in the Senate. How do you feel about the difference between the Ohio house and the Ohio Senate? 
You know, I, I went into the house first, so you know, I really enjoyed it, and, and my dad served back in the early 2000s, so I know a, l- a little bit more about it, and I r- really had fun, and it's kind of, you know, a lot of green people in there, first-timers, and, uh, you know, a lot of people tr- trying to learn what they're doing, and it was a great learning spot, but over in the Senate, you know, there's 99 state reps, 33 state centers, you can get a lot more done, it's a little more serious in the Senate, but um, a little more, um, you know, we work as a team a little bit better, there's more divisions within the House, um, so I, I do like the Senate better in the sense of trying to get things done, which I love doing, um, but, you know, the House was a little bit a little bit more fun, too. And if I'm not mistaken, are you chairing the Judiciary Committee? Yes. Still. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. When, when does that expire? Until the president, I guess, revokes my chair. So oh. um, it, it basically go, will go till the end of the GAA, which is, um, you know, basically December this year. Okay. All right. Love it. Judiciary. Challenging. It is, it's a challenging one because that, you know, handles civil and criminal justice. Over in the House, it was split. So I was the criminal justice chair, which, you know, is a little bit more focused, still really busy. This one, you cover a lot of stuff. I think we have the either the most bills or the second most bills of any committee. And they're all heavy hitting, complicated bills. Uh, but I do love it. And criminal justice, just, you know, it's an interesting area to me, something that I'm passionate about. So I, I really enjoy. And it's not partisan necessarily you know you certainly have different factions out there but you don't have republican democrat necessarily you have prosecutors police defense you know judges that type of stuff but uh that's why i enjoy about it right on you got something i mean i do i mean it's the elephant in the room for me we talked about it last time house bill six here we go again <laughs> god and i'm sorry i'm just gonna get it out of the way now because is it house bill six yeah. Oh, God. We already talked about this before, and I was like, dude, you're too deep. You're going too deep. Well, because I was directly affected by it, Jim. <laughs> were. It was like me and the Second Amendment. <laughs> yeah, right? You son of a <laughs> bitch and mother. Yeah. And, and um, I, I went I went kind of long on it, the one episode that was corrupted, and I'm not going to go that, that deep on it today because I'm some months removed away from my plant shutting down, which was not a direct uh, effect of House Bill 6. But House Bill 6 ended up being corrupt because First Energy was behind it. Uh, and it ended up being corrupt as far as monies going to other coal-fired power plants in other states, our neighboring state of Indiana. Mm-hmm. Which, to me, sitting here without a job at a coal-fired power plant anymore makes me want to tear my hair out because I don't know how, how much dollars is going that way. I don't even want to look it up because it'll just piss me off. Right. <laughs> so, oh, um, <clears throat> so just, you know, I, I just like to know where it's at now since it did get repealed and, and what you, what you think about the, the whole thing. Uh, Cause you were, you were against it for sure. And yeah. I just want to know uh, where it's at now. Yeah. So I was opposed to it and there's multiple reasons I was opposed to it, but the, you know, coal plant issue was, was right up there. And unfortunately that's really one of the big pieces that has not been repealed yet. We repealed a lot of what House Bill 6 was in, in pieces. I co-sponsored a, bu- a bill to re- uh, repeal it completely just because even if you agree with it, the way it went down, people, you know, people lost their jobs, people got indicted. You know, I think let's start fresh and make sure it's a clean bill that, it, you know, doesn't um, have corruption all over it. Unfortunately, that didn't happen, but we did uh, kind of repeal it in pieces. Uh, but, you know, when you have government bailouts or when you're, you know, helping businesses out in that regard. Sometimes there's a reason, generally speaking, against bailouts, right? But you want diverse energy. If the nuclear plants were legit shutting down, we need that that diverse energy. If that was necessary, maybe um, something along the lines of House Bill 6 would have been okay. But I was never convinced that it was necessary. And now that we've seen it 
um, you know, go, go all the way through this process. And First Energy was actually asking us to repeal the, the money portion for them. Clearly, it wasn't necessary. So um, you have to be really careful in those situations. And um, unfortunately, it got passed. Uh, but thankfully, most of it was repealed. And you know, ho- you know, hoping we get um, all of it repealed eventually. Well, and the Supreme Court just stopped the Biden administration, right? Mm-hmm. On the, or stopped the, the, the EPA, EPA mm-hmm. from. Um, from having even harsher uh, demands on, on the coal on, on, on all of it, but coal because was because even though natural gas is king right now, it's still a fossil fuel. It's mm-hmm. it's yeah. next sure. on the chopping block. Trust sure me, sure it is, sure it is. <laughs> but how does that? I mean, how does that affect with the Supreme Court coming in and saying, "Hey, look, EPA," and we're going to get in a row um, with the heartbeat yeah. bill? But is that kind of along those lines? And does, does Ohio now, when the Supreme Court comes out and says something, is Ohio like, "Well, hold on"? Yeah, I mean. I don't think that affects our state. I think it affects other states that maybe put, um, you know, stronger restrictions on and other things of that sort. For Ohio, I don't think that affects us. That ruling um, affects more the federal government. In that and, and there's nothing that stops that plant from shutting down, right? I mean, that was a first energy decision more than it was the Biden administration saying we're going to shut it down. You're talking about my plant? Yeah. My plant, if you want to go back a little bit, NRG owned it. NRG bought it from uh, Genon but kept it Genon straddled them with all their debt, then bankrupted them and then gave them back to their debtors. So these people who wanted nothing to do with power owned a power plant and they just needed to not hold the billion dollar asbestos bag at the end. I got you. So I'm trying to find some kind of way we can shit on Joe Biden here. <laughs> yeah. Um, Cause I always tell people like when I, when I say, Hey, my, my power plant shut down. I'm, and you do. Cause I, I'm always like, thanks Joe. You're like, yeah, not really his fault. Trump could have like, got no. elected and my power plant was shutting down. Because it was the, the wheels were already in motion. The people that owned it didn't want to own it. I mean, maybe there would have been, you know, we didn't get our capacity payments picked up. Okay, so well, let me ask you this, though. A million things. Let me ask you this. Did you see Joe Biden fall on his bike? <laughs> I did. Okay, so I did. all I want to do is shit on Joe. That's yep. all I want. I also, and, seen, I also seen a picture of him falling over on his bikes when the Georgia Guidestones were blowed up, but that, yep, yep. that might have been Photoshopped. I saw one that was not Photoshopped. It says Joe fell here where they spray painted it right on the bike trail. So that's Joe's <laughs> first historical marker. Hopefully it's on Google Earth one day, but it'll be like blanked out, right? <laughs> exactly. They'll just they'll put a, a cover over it. <laughs> exactly. And they'll notify the notify Homeland Security that you're looking it up. <laughs> Be knocking on your door. <clears throat> Sorry, just, Nathan. You, now you now you remember why. Now you remember why you didn't want to come back. <laughs> Why'd I come back? <laughs> we just get a little carried away sometimes. Um, yeah. So so you know, House Bill Six is it should have been repealed one hundred percent, and then it's a billion dollar bag. We always call it that. The nuclear plants, when they're done, if their shelf life's over, and you got to shut them down, it's a billion dollars to remediate, to take care of all that stuff. It's, it's going to be a brownfield site. It's you, you keep going with all the, so you, so first energy can pay a quarter of a billion dollar fine to not hold the billion dollar bag. They're scumbags, but maybe I might go work there. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. But just because I say that, you know, I'm still looking for a job. But anyway, um, so so let's uh, let's switch gears and and go to uh, constitutional carry first. Ah, Second Amendment. No, just constitutional carry. Well, it's that's I, it I don't. bugs me that it's an open carry state in Ohio. A lot of guys don't do it. They don't want the hassle, right? Uh, well, and I don't know, man. I you know, and I've always said I don't understand open carry. Right? If I'm open carrying somewhere, somebody comes in to shoot the place up. Who's the first guy they're going to shoot? The guy with the gun, right? I mean, you're going to go after your first threat. Yeah. I Listen, nobody knows I got a gun. It's time to know I got a gun. I know, but then you don't get to say I'm your huckleberry. Oh, God. <laughs> Sit there, put my coat back. <laughs> put your 
go back. Uh, what, what was this other quote? The, the rumors of my death have been greatly exaggerated. <laughs> Leo Huckleberry. Sorry. Again, 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 we did it again. Uh, um, so that was passed. And was that you had a House and a Senate bill? Yeah. Yeah. And how it, much grief have you guys gotten about that? Because I think that got passed just before Rob Elementary. Um, a little bit before then. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, then I Rob happens. It, it, that was, it was being implemented right before. Yeah. So, um, you know, we've gotten a fair amount, but I'll, I'll be honest, you know, Lorain County typically, um, or at least historically has been kind of a Democrat County. Um, but I've always said it's a very pro second amendment County. When we were hearing those bills, um, we had so many people reach out to us in support of the constitutional carry. Well, a, few, a few people reach out. That's opposed. just it, right? The people that are in support reach out to you. The people that are against it reach out to social media. So it seems like it's a good point. It, it, yeah, it seems like there's so many people against it, but it's such a small minority. All the people that are for it are reaching out to the people that actually have something to do with it. Yeah, and and some of the things are a little exaggerated. We saw that when actually you know concealed carry license in the first place came around. Everybody thought you know the world was coming to an end when Ohio passed that back in what the early 2000s. Oh, okay, corral. Yeah. Give me shootouts in the street. Yeah, and nothing came of it. And just, I believe there's 25 other states that have constitutional carry, and at least you know statistically. You know, crime has increased or most of them. Crime has decreased. Mm. Violent crime has decreased in those states because they have now entered the stage of fuck around and find out. Right, Mm. right, right. (laughs) Exactly. You're going to go up and rob somebody on the street. Well, you know what? I don't know. And nobody telling them they can't have a gun now. Right. It makes I it does. It makes for a safer community. You can argue all you want that the more guns on the street are going to result in more violent crime. But the statistics just don't bear that out. The majority of gun owners are lawful. Um, they're lawful gun owners that are doing the right thing. Now, my one problem with Ohio's constitutional carry is the lack of training requirement. Uh, that there is no, you know, the first time that some of these guys are going to pull their gun out is in the middle of a Walmart as some perceived threat. They've never fired around through that gun. And the first time they do that is going to be an aisle J6, you know, in the shower curtain aisle, and they're going to start throwing rounds. Now, Maybe that's hyperbole. Maybe that is, oh my God, the sky's falling. But without the training requirement, I just don't think a lot of people are going to go get that training on their own. So I heard an NRA guy, he was a regional guy, but covers Ohio uh, speak. So I don't have this uh, evidence myself. Oh, but you said he, NRA, that the ones that back you? Yeah, they endorsed me. Oh, yeah, that's A rated and endorsed oh, sorry. me. Sorry, continue. Um, uh, but I heard him speak. Now, and, we've been, <laughs> now, now we've been tagged. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but he did say, actually, in a lot of those states, um, training increased. And his argument was like, once government's not forcing you to do something, people become interested in it. And the, the people that are they understand on those the responsibility classes, that comes with it. Yeah. And, and also people that are, um, you know, teaching those classes are more proactive and reaching out to people. And it, it beca- and, and also you can kind of for- formulate it to whatever, the, you know, the uh, you know individuals want. You're not following necessarily state law. You have to do it this way. And sometimes it's too prescriptive. If All you right. can do what you want to do and, and do different training and make it a little bit more fun and, and interactive. You know what? You know, I can get behind that. It. I can get behind that, right? Because when the government's telling you have to do something, you got a whole bunch of people out there that are throwing both fingers up. Like, you know what? You're not going to Especially tell some of the listeners of this podcast. Right. You're not going to tell me what to do. And now all of a sudden it's not a requirement. They're like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to the range. I'm going to go. I'm going to go do my own training. I, I could get behind that. I can get behind that. I wish there was still a requirement, but 
then yeah. I guess you start delving into, are you infringing? We may have something coming up in the near future that can make it a lot of fun for first time <laughs> shooters. That That's the only tease you're getting for that. Sorry, back to Nathan. Yeah. God, well, if huge. you do have any ideas along the training line, like maybe rather than mandating it where you have to get a license, some sort of like um, incentive based uh, training. Because I, I think more training. Yeah. Let me tell you exactly something. Right. If you offer training with a free box of nine mil ammo, I'm going. Yeah. Dude, I, dude I'm going. That's the reason Joe wants to ban nine mil, though. Well, it blows your lungs out of your body. I don't know if you heard that. It'll, if you get hit with a nine millimeter round, actually, I think if it even comes close, if it even like wings you, mm-hmm. it'll blow your lung right out of your body. The doctors will I to think, think that about. the governor passing this bill saved his ass for the election. You know what, though? I don't need you to agree or disagree yeah, with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That's my take on it. I, you know, and I think that was a gimme to him because he was in bad shape, man. I mean, there were a lot of people that were pissed off. And all those people that were pissed off about mask mandates, about the shutdowns, about the businesses being shut down, a lot of those people are Second Amendment people. And all of a sudden he's like, hey, I'm signing a constitutional carry. And they forgot all about the rest of it. You know, so I think you're yeah. right. My I old man, right. my old man was one of them. Yeah. yeah. Constitutional care. This is the best governor we ever had. My old man was, the, you know, he's, he's never been a, a, a one. Um, what do you call it? When you have one, one issue, one issue voter, you know, but this one, he was like, Hey, my man walked right in there. And even though I told him not to, exactly. <laughs> he did. I will say this. I don't, if we didn't vote on it at all, I don't know if it would have cost him the election, but if he would have vetoed it, I definitely think that. Would oh, he'd have been done. Yeah. Done. He was stuck at that point. There was no vetoing. So how did it work with the, you guys had competing bills mm-hmm. and we touched on it a little oh, bit. Oh yeah. We had, we touched yeah, on it a little that. bit on the, on the compromised episode. Uh, and I did not get a feel for the difference and why, why, why you guys have to compete for, for bills like that. So we had a house bill and we had a Senate bill. Yes. You guys couldn't come together and be like, all right. I don't think that's how it works. We, we like, this is what you say. This is what we say. Why don't we just come together and make one bill? I will say this for uh, Dr. Johnson, Senator Johnson, who carried it. He kind of went and, and uh, drafted it, you know, worked with our, with the drafters, the LLC, um, and, and did it himself. I think the House bill kind of came from some different gun organizations. So they, they were just different bills on how they were structured and everything else. There wasn't huge differences. Um, but once they both passed each chamber, you're, you know, you work them out. And they were able to work out some of those differences. One of the ones I actually worked with uh, Senator Johnson, and I'm curious on your take on this. I, I was able to get an amendment in basically – if you're carrying, you don't have to tell an officer anymore. But if an officer asks you, which I'm sure is part of the training, you probably go up there and ask immediately, you know, then you have to answer honestly. And if you lie under uh, the original draft of the bill, it was a minor misdemeanor, just, a, you know, additional ticket. You know, what we worked on was making it a little bit more strict where it's basically obstruction of official business, mm-hmm. um, where it would be an M2. So it carries a little bit more weight. Hey, if somebody's lying to an officer about whether or not they're and carrying a firearm, you know, they should you be You lose your right to carry after that point, right? Or no? No. Is that we, one of those that will disqualify you? I do not believe so. No? Okay. You would probably plead down to a different charge anyway. Yeah, right. Exactly. Parking on the highway. Some bullshit. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm I had a lot of those. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I, I do like it. You know, when I got hired here, and the Second Amendment's always been there, obviously. But when I got hired, if I walked into Speedway and I saw a guy with a gun under his shirt... I could assume at that point that this guy was probably up to no good. And looking back now, and with the way I feel about the Constitution, was that right? Was it wrong? I don't know. But it made my job a little easier because you weren't allowed to just have a gun out there underneath your clothes. So from a law enforcement standpoint, 
from me wanting to go home to my girls every night. Yeah. I want to know. Right. And if, and I do, I mean, I'll not everybody. I mean, I don't walk up to eh, here. I am. You're generalizing. Well, yeah. I mean, here I am uh, profiling, right? I don't walk up to a soccer mom and say, Hey, do you have any guns in the car? All right. But a young guy, I mean, yeah, I'll walk up and I'll say, you know, do you have any guns in the car? Maybe, you know, the car comes back to somebody else. I don't know. I, maybe I recognize the guy. I know the guy from somewhere else. Um, oh, oh, let me clear this up. When I say profiling, I'm not talking about uh, racially. Oh. But it's criminally. Yeah. Well, well, normal people don't just automatically assume that. Well. And that's, that's right. that bullshit we're talking about right. where you kind of got to put the brakes on. Right. Like, oh, I'm not really trying right. to say, just shut up and keep going. Well, it's it's criminal. <laughs> Listen, cops profile every day. Yeah. Right? We criminally yeah, from profile. From experience. Right. We criminally profile every day. I don't care if you're black, if you're white. There are certain things that you do that make me go, look, I have seen this a hundred times. And of those times, 70 of them have resulted in me getting heroin out of this car. So, I mean, that's, that's the kind of profile that we do. So when I look at somebody and maybe they just make the hair go up on the back of my neck and I'll ask them, you know, are there any guns in the car? Anything I need to be concerned with? I don't need any misunderstandings here. If you got guns, that's cool. Just let me know. And yeah, if they lie to me, that's got to make me think that there's, there's more to it. Right. Absolutely. But the problem with getting to that point is that I got to search the car mm-hmm. and now we got fourth amendment issues. And so, uh, I guess your question is, am I for the, the notification, right? I wish that people that had guns on them still had to notify us immediately. You want us to wear a shirt? I want you. That yeah. says I'm packing heat. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I want you to have a sticker on your car that says gun inside. Like how, baby, how baby a, on board, gun on board. How about a tattoo on our arm? Yeah. Or a, a, no, is that a little too, too deep? Oh, here we go. It's Jesus. Stars. <laughs> No, but really, I, and I don't think you having to notify the police is any, that's by the second amendment, there's no infringement there. You're still allowed to possess your, your weapons. You're still allowed to bear arms. No infringement. The government is not coming to you and saying you cannot bear arms. What we're saying is you can bear all the arms you want, but when the cops are dealing with you, you got to tell them. So just so people know, if you ever pull them over uh, and they do have their concealed carry without the license, um, will it be better for them if you come up and like, how are you doing today? They're like, I'm good. Just let you know. I, I have a pistol on my hip. Like if they let you know right away, does that, does that you know give, what? does that give them points? It does. And I appreciate it. Right. And I always say, and it's the same thing. I mean, all the cops say the same thing. We're like, all right, cool, man. You don't touch yours. I won't touch mine. Yeah. You know, yeah. you just be cool there. And, but I guess the argument to that is look, I mean, it's the law abiding citizens that are going to tell me they have guns. The criminals aren't going to be like, Officer, <laughs> I have a CCH or aggravated homicide. I just want to let you know that I have a uh, firearm in my center console. Nobody does that, right? Well, what about the guy that's coming back from fantasy football draft? Had a few beers at his buddy's house. Then you pull him over and Dicey. he's like, like, I mean, can you ask me the question again? Phrase it differently. Phrase it differently. Because <laughs> like, exactly. I don't want to, I mean, I'm good. But I'm, but I'm right. technically not good, right? Like that's the, that's that hairy line you got to no, walk no. where you got a decision to make. I get it. I, man, that's a hard one for me to answer. And being that, a constitutionalist, that's a hard one for me to answer. Well, it, here's another one because um, I'm all like, fuck the police, but then I am the police. So it's, you know, I don't know. It's kind of tough. I'm going to be honest. It's kind of tough. <clears throat> so when you pull somebody over, you run their leads, um, mm-hmm. but unless you have reasonable suspicion, you can't run their CCH. Right. Yeah. We're not running CCH. It's just, but isn't that. it connected to their plate? No, no, not a CCH. Oh. CCH. I have to have some kind of reasonable suspicion that, 
you are involved in something illegal at this point, right? So we're not it, talking about a CCW. Not CCW. We're talking about a criminal yeah, history. Criminal, Sorry. Computerized criminal history, which tells me your entire criminal history. Yeah, and the leads is just basically traffic-related offenses. And, yeah, it's and, law and enforcement automated blocks. data system. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll tell me warrants. It'll tell me your driving status, the plate status, you know, all that stuff. But it doesn't tell me your criminal history. I have to have a reason to ask for that through dispatch. So, And that's where, um, when I, you know, speaking to some officers, they wish they had that information now that they don't have the concealed carry license. Because before that would pop up, you know somebody is a law-abiding citizen, you know that they might be carrying, that's perfectly fine. Now, if somebody's carrying, you don't know if they're um, under a disability where they can't carry. Hell no, you don't. Unless you have that CCH. But you can't run that CCH unless you have reasonable suspicion. Correct. Correct. The the, the fact that you're carrying a gun does not rise to reasonable suspicion. Mm -hmm. I mean, and nor should it. Yeah. Right. Uh, if you're doing something, if you're disorderly in a store, if you're involved in a road rage incident, if you are, you know, whatever, if we're dealing with you in a, an official capacity, that's one thing I walk into speedway and I see that clearly you have a gun on you. Yeah. I'm not getting your ID. I can't ask you, you know, to identify yourself so that I can run a CCH on you to establish whether or not you're allowed to have that gun because you're allowed to have that gun. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's a weird... How about this one? Let's say you know... Is this what this whole episode's going to be? No, 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 no. We'll get off it on this one. But if you know you collared Dan Wilkinson for this charge... God, I wish. Right? That's like my dream come true. I dream about that shit. (laughs) You collared... I do. I wake up and I'm like, I arrested Do you guys still use that term? We collared him. Collared. You know... (laughs) You collared... No, let me finish. Let me finish. There was was a time... Well, I'm just going to say, there was a time we wanted to go with like all 70s terms on the radio. (laughs) We were only going to use 70s terms for law enforcement. Like, heroin would be smack and, you know, weed would be reefer and collar and, you know, the perps are running westbound, you know, but... Now we can't do that because we'll get in trouble. But it would have been fun. If you if you know, because I'm sure if you're the arresting officer, you're going to file the case, and you know that Dan Wilkinson has a felony or a misdemeanor just because you know him, then you see him concealed carry. Is that enough for yes, you? Hundred percent. Okay. okay. Prior knowledge is absolutely. Yeah, I didn't enough. know the term for it. Yep. If I if I know that you've been convicted of domestic violence, yeah, and you I can see be you with asshole. a gun. Done. Now I'll have to confirm it through your CCH and stuff, but yeah, that's yeah. When you guys said CCH, I was like carrying concealed handgun. Like that's no, why I was like, no. wait a minute. Yeah, I'll win that. I'll win that every day if I have prior knowledge. Okay, that's good. Yeah, or like fifty. You're a fifty. And 50 you know shot. what? As well as well, I should. You have to allow the police to do their jobs, right? If a police if a policeman sees a known criminal driving down the road and there's a mag an empty mag on the on the floor of that car we should be allowed then at that point to start handling business right that's what the society pays us for society pays us to keep these people out of your neighborhoods and out of your lives let us do our jobs now i i get it i get it there's there's always bad apples but let's deal with them on an individual basis instead of dealing with law enforcement as a whole because High 90% of law enforcement are out there doing the job every day. And I'll argue with anybody about that. I know thousands of cops and I don't know a bad cop. Now there's bad cops out there. I know there are, but I don't know a bad cop, man. It's not running rampant like these people make you think. Anyway, sorry, I digress. Nathan, this is your show. Nathan, I want to get on the issues with you really quick. On the issues, uh, making college affordable is something that you've been pushing for a while. Probably ever since you've you've got on. Yeah. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. That's always been an issue. And, and we, you know, we try to work with the universities. We understand it's not cheap to educate people. But at the same time, there are so many 
great ways to get educated, whether through Lorain County Community College, whether through some sort of trade school um, or, you know, working with the universities to make sure we keep that, you know, tuition down. Because so many people go to college, um, either realize midway through that they don't need it and they have all this debt or, you know, they get through it and they get a job that they didn't even need that degree for. So poli sci wasn't cutting it. Yeah. Well, you know, if I, if <laughs> right. I didn't go to law school, I don't know what I'd be doing. <laughs> Sick. Um, it's like but, my dad. <laughs> Went to but, law school and failed out in the first year. He's like, uh, I'd rather be losing control. That's what he said. He goes, I'd rather lose control of my plane and ride it into the ground than have to go back to law school. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. Um, it says here that you work to make tuition in Ohio more affordable and reduce the overall student costs. And as a state legislator, you supported expanding tax deductions for families saving for college and increased funding for the Ohio College Opportunity Grant. Now, to clear things up here, you believe in affordable college, not getting rid of student loans, getting rid of student debt. Exactly right. Yeah. I mean, you know, it has to be fair for everybody and just wiping out student debt. You know, I don't know where my, you know, I, I, my student debt didn't get wiped out and you're an adult at that point, you know what you're signing up for. Do we need to make it um, easier for people to understand what they're signing up for? Do we need to make it more affordable? Absolutely. But just wiping it out, cleaning out debt. um, I don't think that's good policy. No. Absolutely not. And that's coming from somebody who right now, uh, my oldest daughter just graduated from nursing. Uh, not too bad. Uh, she's got, she's got some debt to pay back, but not too bad. Yeah. My middle daughter, aviation, she's going to be 140 grand, yeah. 140 grand in debt by the time she's done. So, but like you said, we know what we're signing up for. Yeah. We are willing to sign up for that in hopes of a better life, you know, but but the middle daughter's like, but if you want to wipe this one away, like this one time, <laughs> exactly. Listen, I'm good with it. Listen, even half, just, take <laughs> just half. give me half. It's uh, no, it's it's going to be hard, man. And I guess I'm with you there that I wish it was more affordable because I can't believe one hundred forty thousand dollars is what it costs for them to teach her what she needs to know. She should have just learned from your dad. <laughs> we tried. <laughs> take me up in the A seven. We tried. She didn't want anything to do with the <clears throat> Navy. So next on that list, you have investing in infrastructure and infrastructure is a thing that was big. They passed a giant, giant bill uh, about infrastructure and it was huge. It was ridiculously huge. And I never think that any of the money that they ever passed nationally ever really trickles down like it really should like Obama's yeah. shovel ready jobs <laughs> if you remember that yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it says that uh, Ohio has invested an unprecedented 14 billion dollars in nearly 7,000 road improvement projects over the past seven years well when the economy for Ohio previously was doing really well and we're still doing pretty well because of the good policies that we put in place and we certainly whether to attract businesses or whether to you know help businesses expand, you need good infrastructure. It's good for the citizens. It's good for uh, businesses, but you also need to be responsible about it. This is taxpayer money. Um, I've actually co-sponsored a bill right now because of gas prices to pause the gas tax in Ohio. Which is what you cost or save you how much? It's not, it's not going to be significant. It's not going to solve the, the It's like the seven problem. cents. But I think it's at least showing something that we as a state can do. And we don't need that money right now because of that big infrastructure bill from the Fed. fed. So mm-hmm. um, at the end of the day, we're still getting the roads done. Well, I guess that's part of my thing, right? Even if it's only seven cents, at least Ohio is saying, Hey, look, we we're going to take we're do ca- something. We're going to do something to take care of Ohio's people. Right. It might be, I don't even know. Do you know what it is off the top of my head? It's and it not, probably, it varies. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, uh, mm-hmm. it was just increased a few years ago. You know, 20, right. 20 cents, but yeah, still, but yeah, but still that's it's something. Well, it, and it's something, 
It's something. At least Ohio is saying we're going to take care of Ohio's people, and we're going to get into that in a minute. But go ahead. No, yeah. So, you know, we need to be responsible, you know, for the infrastructure, making sure we're doing a good job there. But we also need to be responsible with taxpayer money. So there's, there's a balance there. And we want to make sure, um, you know, we're not just building roads to build roads. You need to be smart about it. The 10th Amendment, in a perfect world, could Ohio tell the federal government to kiss their ass? Now, I know now we're talking about highway funds. We're talking about education funds, mm-hmm. right? And is there a world where Ohio could say, we're out and we're going to raise our taxes on our people. And they understand that we're going to pay for our own stuff, but we're out. We're done. Certainly could do it. Um, does it make sense to do it? Probably not. Why? I mean, because just, of the money. Yeah. The money. I mean, that's, and, and I personally, so we're beholden to the federal government because of the money they're giving us. Yeah. I think that is unconstitutional. Obviously the Supreme court, at least previously has uh, disagreed with that. And it's been held constitutional, but even, I mean, we saw with the OBI law back in the early two thousands, um, that was all tied to uh, highway funds in Ohio and many other States. It was well, 0.1 and that's just and it. it got moved to 0.08 because of the federal government. That should be up to States. That is just, just it, right? Mm-hmm. So the the drinking age, mm-hmm. there is nowhere that says it has to be 21. Yeah. If Ohio wants to make the drinking age 16, and that's what Ohio residents want, and that's what the legislature votes for, they should be allowed to do that. But if they do that, they're going to lose all this funding because they're not towing the 21-year-old line with the federal government. Now, I agree with you. In fairness, I don't think 16-year-olds should drink. I remember me at 16. That would be... <laughs> train wreck no but i was if, drinking if, at 16 if, i don't know if, what you're talking about if your, if your state wants to do that they should be able to though correct without you know, but if they do all the federal funding now if, you know I, unless what unless they say 10 year olds can drink now then you're going to be like whoa 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 you know you got to set the bar and and, and yeah, run but, with it be okay consistent. let's say okay let's go the opposite way let's say ohio says look we're having too many problems with underage duis 30 30 years old you got to be 30 to drink and you know what the voters say hey we're behind that ohio should be allowed to do that now, actually, I guess that's probably stupid because the federal government would probably be like, you know what? That's all right. We're <laughs> behind that. But taking it back down to 18, yeah. well, the federal government never go for that. Yeah. You're going to lose all your funds. Yeah. And funds that aren't even tied to that. Just, I mean, ridiculous funds. If it's directly tied, that's one thing. But when it's not directly tied, that's ridiculous. I agree with you. I mean, we, we do So that. how do we get it back? Yeah. Uh, how do we get our sovereignty back? Yeah. I, I think- It'll come down to the Supreme Court eventually on, on how they rule on these issues. But don't the states have to, at one point, just say, look, we're not doing it anymore? Is it going to have to get to the Supreme Court for some reason? Yeah, the, and I think it could probably get there in maybe a smaller case, you know, where you're not losing, um, you know, billions of dollars. To uh, start small, and then if that yeah. one goes good, then we're like, all right, knock, how, knock about, <laughs> how about the seatbelt law? Yeah. Well, and I would expect maybe Idaho would do it or, you know, yeah. Montana or... You know, Florida, Florida, yeah. maybe one of those. Oh, speaking of Florida, can I keep going for one second? No, I have one thing I found out. So I'm going to sponsor. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, I'm going to so I'm going to sponsor. I want to know if I'm going to sponsor. I'm going to sponsor this gas pause tax gas tax pause bill because I have found out through the power of Google that Ohio's uh, tax burden on every single citizen for every gallon is thirty eight and a half cents. Oh, huh? Yeah, but is that Ohio's tax or is yeah. that the federal government? Federal tax? government tax is only eighteen cents a gallon, but almost fifty six cents of every gallon of gasoline. Is getting taxed. I mean, Google right, said so, it. That's what Google, so Google right said. now, if Ohio shuts that down, we're under three bucks a gallon for gas. Biden right has now. already shut it down, so now there's no federal tax. There's no state tax, so we would be fifty six 
cents cents cheaper. Less. We'd be under three bucks a gallon here in, 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 in Ohio. And I don't want to toot Biden's horn because I mean, uh, we'll talk about that, but uh, and, what he end did, quote. yeah, end quote, end quote, read it again. Repeat line. Or, repeat line. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking son of a whore. Uh, I tagged you in a story on Facebook. You did. I did. Oh, and you never answered because his Facebook game is lame. I, I, it is lame. I, <laughs> I, uh, confession time. I stay off Facebook. You're in my top 100. Yeah. And not too many people can have a crappy Facebook game like you do and still be in the top 100, but that's not what it's called. Oh, the top hundo. I'm sorry. Thank you. And it is, um, it's only because you're out there doing the work and knocking on doors. Like I'm on Facebook while you're knocking on doors when I probably should be out knocking on doors with you. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm not. I tagged you in a story out of Florida and it's a story near and dear to my heart. Uh Dear to my heart. (laughs) Governor DeSantis just signed a law that canines in the state, once they retire their veterinary care, and everything is still going to be covered up to a thousand dollars a year. Is still going to be covered um, by the state after their service. All right. Now these dogs. Obviously, I've been a canine handler since '96 for my current department. This is my sixth dog. I've had three uh, in the military before this. But these dogs work their whole lives for their cities, and they work hard. And when they retire, they retire because they can't do the job anymore. And when they can't do the job anymore. That means that there's medications involved. So all of a sudden, as a handler, I'm working this dog. He's getting medications. Everything's paid for. It's no burden on me, right? And he's he's doing the job. The day he retires, now all of a sudden, I've got a $550 bill for medications for my dog. And I don't know... Florida passed that. It is, it's a done deal. And I tagged you in it. I'm okay. like, wow. I'm like, Nathan, let's make this happen. Let's get Ohio to pick up the care for these police canines, and for these police animals, horses. I don't know. I don't actually, I don't know if mountain units are part of it, but these, these police animals that have their whole lives have dedicated their lives to the job. So educate me on this a little bit. I'm, I'm assuming each department makes their own rules on what's covered, what's not, or everything's just blinkingly. I, I can't or? speak for other departments. Um, now, what happens in the city I work in is that there is a a very good vet clinic who donates everything to police dogs, not just us, but the county, and uh, they donate everything. Mm-hmm. But once they retire, then it becomes Jim Larkin's problem, not the city's problem. So they stop donating then. You know, they donate to the city, not to the individual. Yeah. And Florida came up with this thing where now they, the state is going to pay up to a thousand dollars a year for these dogs for their care. That's a good idea. I mean, you know, these dogs obviously putting their life on the line for all of us. And we've passed some laws, like whether it's uh, ambulance and other things where, you know, typically you can't take a dog in in an ambulance, but if a a police dog is, is injured, um, you know, during, you know, during their working time, then that's allowed now in Ohio. So I know. actually need to reach out. Oh, that would be a good episode. And I don't know whatever happened with it. Uh, Life Flight had reached out to me and they wanted to do some training. And what their training is, is when there is a police dog that's been critically injured in the line of duty, they will respond with a helicopter, mm-hmm. with a vet on board, um, or somebody that understands veterinary medicine, at least, to stabilize this dog and transport him to the nearest trauma center, veterinary trauma center. So hmm. 
Um, and I don't know whatever happened with that. I we should let's do a show about it. Yeah, no, I, you know, people love animals. They love animals more than they love people. It'll be um, live, and then I can just be that one time where I, I won't say anything except for get to the chopper, get to the chopper. <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> I've called you out here now. This is this is going to be out. Yeah, in, he right? just told, he's pimping you right now work to get it. this bill passed. <laughs> all right, let's work. All on right, it. let's do it. All that's, right, this is how it works. Yeah, I mean, wow, easy enough. Well, I'll, I'll wow. get a LSC Legislative Service uh, Commission a little research project, and um, then we can you know start working on a bill. All right, I'm down. All right, whatever you need for me, yeah. I am right. in on it. Sounds good. And what was we'll your get you what, down to testify? Yeah, we'll get, yeah. What was your favorite best dog's name? <sighs> That's a tough one, right? Cinta, I think, was my favorite. Okay, so we'll name the bill after Cinta. We already have like a Cinta. We have Cinta Lane. We have Cinta Lane. Yeah, Cinta's law. Like well, it. and you know what? Well, if you wanted to call it the law, because Cinta, what happened with Cinta was he got cancer. There was no treatment. Right. They they saw that that the cancer had gone through his entire yeah. body. Treatment has put you down. Right, and. Once I found that out, because I made the mistake with my first dog and I, I let him hang on too long because I was going to miss him. And I said, I will never do that again. And when they told me that the cancer had gone through his body that day, um, I went in there. So I found it on a Tuesday, Wednesday, he got tested Thursday. They gave me the results and they're like, look, it, there's nothing we can do. It's in a bunch of different organs. And he was a hundred percent. He was fine. Happy. I'm like, put him down right now. This dog is so great. He does not deserve one day of feeling bad. And if there's nothing we can do to fix this, put them down right now. And so many people have that selfish opposite approach well, to it. And I did it with Bosco. Bosco was my first dog. I held him on for about 90 days too long and he was just miserable. But part of the problem was that I couldn't afford the Rimadol anymore. Mm-hmm. So I was, instead of giving him Rimadol every day, I was giving him Rimadol every two days, every three days, just to make it stretch out because I couldn't afford the Rimadol every single month. So maybe we call it Bosco's Law. There we go. Hi, Bosco's Law. That's how we do it. Okay. So all right, I'm excited. That sounds good. Now. So so <laughs> so we'll pivot from. I'll tell you who's on board. Daniela. <laughs> Daniela loves dogs. Oh, she's on board, dude. <laughs> we'll pivot we're, from. We're lucky from, she lives in Indiana. Let's pivot from canine drug sniffing dogs to your fighting the drug crisis. Yeah. Uh, because, I mean, it says here that uh, you worked with the state to invest more than a billion dollars in the fight against a drug abuse and addiction. And fentanyl is a real thing. Fentanyl is super shitty and fentanyl is getting here. Fentanyl is getting cut into all these drugs and, and these kids think they're just partying on it's a Friday not just, night. It's not just killing the junkie in the alley anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's, 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 it's killing people you know. Your friends, your neighbors, your family. Everybody in this room, I will bet you, knows closely know somebody who has died from an opiate overdose. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's the scary thing. You know, when I first, I don't know if you had this experience when I first started practicing law and I was representing, uh, you know, uh, defendants and everything else and meeting with them in jail, almost every single defendant, um, had either a, a, a drug issue or a mental health issue or both. Um, but once you got them off of that, they were really good people and, and not committing crimes and were productive members of society. So it's something that, you know, there are there bad people out there? Absolutely. Do some, sometimes they do drugs. Absolutely. But many people out there that have a drug or addiction issues are really good people. I'm just telling need help. you, there is a guy right now that we're dealing with who we've dealt with for years. And when we would arrest him before, he was always like, fuck you, fuck you, fucking pig. I fuck, fuck, fuck. He has been clean now for, I, I don't know how long but he prides himself on the fact that he's clean. And the last two times we've arrested him on just bench warrants, right? Mm -hmm. He didn't take care of his shit. The last two times we've arrested him, 
unbelievable. Nice. I mean, just respectful. He's like, hey, man, it is what it is. Let's take care of this. You know, different dude. Yeah. Different dude. Absolutely right. And, and, Hey, look, people need to be held responsible for their actions, but at the same time, let's help these people to make sure it's not a, a cycle. And that's what we're trying to do. I mean, we worked with the Nord Center just recently. Um, they're building a whole new facility that they got federal money, they got county money, they got state money. And we got, got people got listening private, from all over. So yeah. Nord Center. Yeah. Nord Center is, you know, deals with mental health and, and they're also dealing with, you know, Lakata Way and a few other things are doing uh, more of the addiction area, but they're teaming up with everybody to bring a facility, basically a crisis center, detox crisis for mental health and for addiction issues. Right now, basically the jails are the detox center. And, and this is, I think, a game changer for our area where people will get the help they need immediately. They don't have to wait. They don't have to uh, go to jail and they can keep their job. They can keep their family together. And I think it will really reduce uh, recidivism, re- really reduce crime, and and it's the right thing to do. Well, I can day. tell you that anybody who's listening to this is like, you know what? Fuck those junkies. They make the decision to put that stuff in their arm. They can deal with the repercussions. Fuck those junkies until that junkie is your daughter mm-hmm. because it's going to happen eventually. Who went to college and just tooted one time to right. check out some blow and right. then ended up Or, you know, when she got life. a car accident, right? She got uh, perks. And then all of a sudden the perks dried up. And mm-hmm. she couldn't get them anymore. And she got oxys. Right. Then she got oxy. And then all of a sudden now she's on heroin. And you know what? Yeah, fuck those junkies until those junkies are your daughter. And let's see what happens. Right. Or your sister. And, right. And exactly. I certainly understand where people are coming from there, like be tough on crime type of attitude. I get that. But it's also not necessarily the best policy in terms of being fiscally responsible because you're going to be losing a lot of money, whether that person's going to the ER, whether they're going you know, to jail and, and they're on food stamps and everything else. Or they don't have a job. You know, they're not pr- productive members of society. Are so you we're talking ta- about me, bro? We're ta- well, <laughs> exactly. We're taking you're definitely care of not a productive member bro. of society. <laughs> Sorry, but, yes. but you know that—that's where we, you know, really want to change the narrative. Is is let's help people help themselves, and and you know where the government isn't helping them. Um, let let them be productive. And I think we can get there. All right, I want to move on to reducing the tax burden. Yes, man. So it says here that uh, in addition to preserving across the board tax cuts for every Ohio taxpayer, you voted to eliminate Ohio's two lowest income tax brackets. Uh, providing tax relief to those who need it most. You doubled the amount that you can save uh, tax-free for your child's college education and voted to make permanent the state's popular back-to-school sales tax holiday. Uh, You also worked on a bipartisan plan to provide much-needed relief to Ohio's farmers by making long-overdue changes to the state's formula for valuing agricultural land as well as authorizing tax credits to incentivize job creation and economic development in rural under, underserved areas of the state. Well, that's a lot there, but yeah. Oh, <laughs> at the end of the day, hey, let's, let's just, you know, reduce. You lost me. Yeah. You know, I, I was going to go one by one, but, <laughs> but, but, but uh, I'm listening to yeah, you. I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm just glazed. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's at the like, end of the day, that's, that's reduced the overall, speak. yeah, overall <laughs> tax burden. And what we did this last budget, I was on finance and real proud of this is it was the biggest tax cut, uh, biggest income tax cut in Ohio history, which is great. I co- I've just recently co-sponsored a bill over a 10 year period to phase out the income tax altogether. We've seen other states be very successful with this, Florida and others. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we want to be a business friendly state, which is a job friendly state. And, uh, you know, we, you know, if we're doing well as a state with business coming in and everything else, we're going to have that tax revenue coming in from other sources where we're still be able to 
fix the roads and, you know, be, be able to do what government needs to do without, you know, going into your pockets and taking more and more money. Yeah. And I've always said, and we've talked about it on the show and our one mutual friend that's in business um, has the same approach where we should be given local governments the most state governments, the middle and the fed should be getting single digits. Well, that's how it's always supposed to work. That's how it was okay. supposed to work. And that's yeah. not how it works now. Mm-hmm. You're, yeah. When I was at the power plant, I was paying more in federal taxes right. than people were making a week. Mm-hmm. And it was disgusting. Well, and I, you know, and that was going to be the next thing I said is, so what are the first steps? What are the first steps that Ohio does or that a state can do to start reclaiming their sovereignty? I mean, what are the first easy steps where we're not, okay, all of a sudden now we don't have highway funds. Yeah. How do we start reclaiming our, our sovereignty from the federal government? Because- the federal government, man, I tell you, like Dan said, I mean, the pyramid's upside down right now. Yeah. Well, and, and part of that is getting conservative justices. We've seen that with the Roe v. Wade of, uh, you know, what I know that's a sensitive you know, issue for many people, but if you're just looking at it from a legal perspective, from a constitutional perspective, this is a state rights issue. And this is, you know, that decision was poorly decided in my opinion, and the power is going back to where it's supposed to be the state. So, you know, we'll see how, you know, other things happen um, down the road, but um, at the end of the day, you know, state legislators, while nobody knows who we are, I mean, they're the ones that, you know, they're a lot easier to get in contact with than, than our congressional people or the U.S. senators. And you know what? City council people and mayors are even easier to get in contact with. So that's why I think I agree with you. I mean, it almost feels like oh, obviously you have national security and other things that the federal government is dealing with. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'd much rather be cutting a bigger check to North Ridgeville where I can go, go talk to my police officers and talk, talk to Mayor Corcoran and other people. Whereas it's a little harder to get in contact with, you know, Governor DeWine or, you know, the Senate president. Um, or our future or, guest, Jim Jordan. Yeah. Or, or yeah. <laughs> you know, gets back to us. <laughs> so, you know, that's that's why it's nice to keep uh, taxpayer money local. You know where it's going. You can contact the person. Uh, they live on your street. You know, it's yeah. a little easier. Yeah. And, and, and I, I have you, no, I have no problem with the federal government being involved in national security because mm-hmm. they're allowed to be involved in national security. You know what they're not allowed to be involved in? State rights. States rights. Department of Labor. Yeah. Right. Education. Education. Yeah. Welfare. They're yeah. not allowed to be involved in any of that. When? How do we take that back? How do we take back welfare? How do we tell the, them, look, stop giving our residents all this money? We'll take care of our residents. Yeah. We're I, have, gonna have, I have the answer. What's the answer, Dan? Um. We always talked about the convention of states. We need to get a convention of states because we can all agree we need term limits. And that's such bullshit. Yeah, why is Ohio never, never gotten on board with that? So I did co- co-sponsor you do. Uh, convention of states back in my house days. There is one in the Senate. They didn't, you know, the co-sponsoring is a little confusing, but they didn't open up the co-sponsor request. But, um, you know, convention of states can be all kinds of different things. One is term limits. One is state rights. One is, you know, um, actually balancing the budget. Shocking. Um, you know, <laughs> so those are the three things this one's looking at. Um, you know, I'm a big supporter of state rights, as we've discussed previously. Um, term limits, I'm a little more torn on. Like, Ohio has them. I, I don't love lifers, you know, that are there forever. Uh, but at the same time, you know, we, we don't want to be cutting people too short, like Jim Jordan's getting them out in eight years. I think that'd be, you know, too short of a term. So I think there, maybe there's a happy meeting there where we have a longer term limit, um, than maybe Ohio has. Uh, but you know, I think those are issues that at least should be discussed. But I guess the argument to that is that, yeah, you know what, Jim Jordan, sure. I wish he was there forever, but now it's going to be incumbent on Jim Jordan, his office to find somebody 
who follows Jim Jordan and let's bring him up, yeah. right? Because for every extra year you give Jim Jordan, you're given uh, AOC that extra year, mm-hmm. right? You're given the uh, Talibs that extra year because yeah. there aren't as many Jim Jordans as there are just shitbag Democrats out there that want to change this country yeah. that are, that are trying, that are, that are anti-American, you know, and that's one of the things that, that I'm getting big on now. It's not Democrat versus Republican. It's not left versus right. It's pro America versus anti America. That's what it's coming down to. Now, if you don't support this country and you don't support what we were founded on, the constitution is what made this country great. And if you don't support that, you've got no safe Harbor with me, man. I get out. Mm-hmm. The Jim Jordans of the world who just support the Constitution. You might not agree with the Constitution. Roe v. Wade, you know, we talked about that. You Roe v. Wade was strictly a Tenth Amendment issue. Strictly. Mm-hmm. At no point did Roe v. Wade say, you can't get an abortion in this country anymore. You can absolutely. It's just going to be up to your state. And then you want to petition somebody? Petition your state. Mm-hmm. And if you're in the majority, your state will go along with you. But if you're not, that's the way the system works. Ohio with the heartbeat bill, right? Heartbeat bill gets shit on. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, Dodd comes out. And now what? Where's Ohio? Well, the heartbeat bill is in effect now. And quite frankly, I'm... Was it a trigger? It wasn't a trigger. It was um, put, put on hold by the federal courts uh, as unconstitutional, which it was unconstitutional. Under, At the time. Under, yeah, Roe v. Wade. And once... It became constitutional. Uh, the attorney general basically made a motion with the federal court to get, uh, you know, to, to lift that hold. So the heartbeat bill is? Is in effect. Once once you can um, detect a fetal heartbeat, which is usually around six weeks, you can no longer get an abortion. Now, the one thing that I do have a problem with, uh, with Ohio, is there are no exceptions, right? Right now. Uh, for the life of the mother. And, and I agree with you there. That those are areas I struggle with is, you know. You know, the rape, you know, rape, rape exception. incest. And, and, yeah. And we, we, that was a national story. I'm sure you saw it where a 10 year old girl was raped and had to go out of state to, because she was, you know, six weeks, three days, uh, you know, pregnant. She had to go out of state. In those situations, I, you know, I don't think that's right. Um, when you have that restrictive um, of abortion law, you, you do have those situations come into play. Now, when, when, when we had the 20 week, ban. I don't think rape necessarily came into play. You sure. had the morning after pill or, you know, you know, you would realize by that time um, that you were pregnant and be able to go through abortion six weeks or a complete ban. You're going to have those issues. And I think we need to have those. You know, I know that's not necessarily popular with a lot of uh, pro-life people. You know, every life is important. I get that argument. Uh, but I, I get that argument also. But also, do you want your daughter carrying that evil inside of her for all for, for the whole time. I, and I do, I struggle with that. Yeah. I struggle with that. A 10 year old gain raped by their father. I mean that, you know, now yeah. Clarence Thomas came out and said, look, I think now that we should reexamine gay marriage we should reexamine contraception. I think it's laughable that people are like, well, they're going to turn over interracial marriage. Well, there's two conservative judges on there that are married to, to Clarence Thomas married to a white woman. And I think it's uh, Amy Comey Barrett, one of them married to a black man. Oh, I, I don't know. I may be wrong on that. Uh, but Clarence Thomas definitely married to a white woman. Okay. Right. And it's just laughable to me that you think he's going to fight to overturn interracial marriage. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and that's never going to happen. Now, 
ultimately, when you look, you look at Kavanaugh, you look at five of the justices said, look, this is just Roe. We are mm-hmm. not looking at contraception. We're not looking at gay marriage, though I think they should. Where would Ohio stand on, or where do you think? I mean, how do you think that would look, right? Like if it came down to gay marriage, or, or let's not even go there, because that's a big leap. How about, do you think gay marriage should be in the states as opposed to the Supreme Court laying the law across the land? Yeah, I mean, I, hey, look, I've come out in favor of, gay marriage. I, in 2014, when I first ran, I was the only Republican um, interviewed by the plane, man. plane dealer. So, you know, I, I put that on the line because back then, especially 2014, that was before it was ruled, uh, you know, unconstitutional or, you know, ruled constitutional that, that gay people could get married or, ha- you know, the, the states couldn't ban it, I guess. Right. Um, you know, I was put my neck on the line, but it's something I believed in. But at the end of the day, pro- I think marriage at the end of the day, you know, why is government getting involved in marriage in the first place? Even right. there's, there's an argument that, you know, government shouldn't get involved in any marriage. You can, you know, do that, all that in the state plan documents and everything else. If you want to have a ceremony with your, your church or, or your religion or, or with your family, you can go ahead and do it. But why is the government getting involved in the first place? That being said, um, <laughs> Because yeah. the Mormons started getting too oh, many yeah. wives. That's why they did. <laughs> yeah. Because the Mormons want to start marrying children. You know that's what? why they did. The Mormons. Yeah. They're the ones that mess it all up. But if you, that's, if that's you're me allowing, and Dan talking, yeah. not, not Nathan. But yeah, I, I think a lot of that should be states' rights. And the people should put in people that support their, you know, their issue. Right. So I was winding, well, I was winding up to deliver how we were going to reign in the federal government. And I started in on it and you both kneecapped me on what I was saying. So let me finish uh, convention of States, right? As always, 30- we appreciate <laughs> the support. <laughs> um, you should leave the convention of States. Uh, we need 37 of them to hold the federal government to only be able to take 9% of our income period ever forever for, for income tax, flat tax. For, well, I mean, no, just on because we pay federal, state, you got Social Security. I mean, when you look at my lines of deductions from, you know, forget about Lorain County, forget about the city, all the, the city I work in, the city I live in, everybody's chopping me up, you know, and the Fed gets the biggest number and that needs to change. So Convention of States, screw the term limits. We'll deal with that next time we all get together, all 37 of us. Max it out at 9% payroll, 9% because... When they don't have all that money, then they can't fund the BOEs and the and all the other bullshit that goes along with the stuff that you say isn't in the Constitution for the government to have their hands in. So this probably isn't a popular thing to say, but I, I would not agree with, I would not put that in, in the Convention of States just because I think that's a policy issue that you need flexibility on. For, and is that a good policy decision? Quite possibly, but I think Congress and, and the S- Senate should be able to vote on something like that. Now, balancing the budget, I think should be convention of states. Um, and if you need to raise or lower taxes or whatever it might be to balance that budget, you're going to have to do it at, or make a lot of cuts, which, you know, which usually would happen because raising taxes isn't, isn't exactly popular. So, you know, I, I think, and there's a whole lot of cuts to be made. No, yeah. We're being honest. And that's where that, that I think would be more beneficial is having the balanced budget there. And then, you know, we can start electing people that are good common sense, um, you know, fiscal conservatives that are going to reel in, you know, lower the overall tax burden. That's, that's a pipe dream. Yeah. Pipe dream. You put it in the constitution, the number's 9%. It's absolute. You can eat shit. Like that's <laughs> what it comes down to for me is that it, boom, it's, it's a hundred percent. So what do you think about Rand Paul with, is, you know, with a, a 10% flat tax? 
you know, the, the flat tax, I, I do understand the argument there. I mean, I, I remember when, when Forbes or whatever, when, you know, when he was running for president back in the day, talking about, I'm like, this is the, what makes the most sense, you know, absolutely. Uh, because you're still paying more, you know, you're making, you know, it's, it's pretty simple math. You're making a million dollars, you're paying 10% or you're making, you know, $10,000, you're paying 10, 10%. That's a huge difference in what you're paying in taxes. Um, so, you know, I'm okay with some sort of flat tax to a certain degree. I don't know what the right number is. It's 9%. And, and, that, and, and, that, <laughs> and that number could change depending on the year, depending on the circumstances, depending on what's going on. And I think you need that flexibility as, as a government to be able to change that number. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I'm telling you, having you know what? I guess I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I'm all right with the government saying, all right, everybody pays 10%. And then all of a sudden times get tough and they're like, all right, everybody pays 14%. As long as everybody's paying 14%. Can't do it. Cause if I have my way, it's in the constitution. <laughs> well, your way, I don't, I don't know. I, I might be apt to be with me. I get what he's saying there, but if you really, I mean, let's say, let's say your wife's a spender. Let's say your wife can can spend every dollar you have and it's a problem and you're showing up on payday like, damn it, I don't have it because she spent it, you know, or the other way around. Maybe she handles the money. And Dan's you, wife, we're not talking about you. And <laughs> you are, and you're the one buying guns and stocking up ammo and spending Dan, all the money. Dan's wife, we're talking about him. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, the only way to fix that is, is to cut them off and to give them a small, here's what you get to use going forward because you obviously can't handle it. Federal government. All right. What if, what if, well, see, but nobody's ever going to vote for it. I was going to say, what if it goes up for a vote then, but who's going to vote for going from 10 to 14? Everybody's going to be like, nobody, no, nobody. But it's also like, you know, yeah, but but those people are looking only for themselves. They're not looking at the greater good. Yeah. But, but I can already see that the government would just make more employees and all kinds of different roles in the government and swell it up bigger so they can get more nine percenters on the payroll. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, Ohio has a Bureau of Land Management. (laughs) 700,000 employees all making, all armed like the EPA, all making (laughs) 189,000. So they can get sorry. their 9%. Sorry, so, uh, yeah. Nathan, it's, it's time done. to shit on the government. <laughs> we need a jingle from Nick. And it's time to shit on the government. <sighs> yeah, sorry about that. So that's where we're at with that. Let's Fucking talk about... Government. Let's beat Nathan up. I'm going to turn the lights off. <laughs> <you> up. <laughs> oh, no. Um, you do this primary August 2nd. 2nd. And then you have to turn around and have another campaign and election in... How was the turnaround? Yeah, it's November eighth, so it's a really that's a really short general election. So right now, you know, I'm, you know, being a smart candidate, you're right. You're I'm out knocking on either Republican doors or or people that might be willing to pull a Republican uh, ballot. So some of these people might be independents, but they voted Republican in the past, or they might and, be Democrats and they're willing to pull or, Republican yeah, that, ballots. That, 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 Dude, that, I like, talked to you about that before. Yeah. You know, I brought that up, and so, I think they've done it in other elections. But but, but yeah, continue. yeah, that and that could happen here. You never know, but. You know, for the general election, you're right. You're you're talking to moderate Democrats. You're talking to moderate Republicans. You're talking to you know split ticket voters, all the independents. So it really, you know, is going to be a quick turnaround to try to engage with those voters. So it's, it is going to be a challenge. And this is a, a district that leans as a Democrat district. So it's you know, I, I think I'm going to be able to hit the ground running. I think I stand a really good chance of winning in November. Um, but it is going to be a challenge. Challenge. <laughs> uh, Jesus. I'm just saying it's it, it's crazy because what's going on with the, the districts right now? Is that all even sorted out and, and all taken care of now? God, can we just, the elephant in the room, 
How does anybody vote for Democratic policies at this point? Because they hate Republicans God, so bad. Oh because of Donald Trump, the guy that's tweeted, not going to run this time. He's just going to go. such mean shit. Yeah, but he's going to go, I'll just back DeSantis, and then I'll just get my own wing in the White no, House. No, no, <laughs> A Man, listen, we're not going to, you want to get into Trump a little bit, and I'm not going to put Nathan on the spot. And I've said it before, I like Donald Trump. I do. I like his policies. I just think he's too divisive. I I would rather see a Ron DeSantis run. My worry is that Donald Trump is going to come out this month and say, I'm running for president. All right. Now, I understand why he's looking at doing it. I understand. I mean, you know, if 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 the if the crazy J6 commission decides to indict him, the Republican Party can't say, well, I don't know if we should have if we should have a candidate that Donald Trump's going to be like, fuck you, I'm already running. Yeah, you know? you're, you're, just, trying to, you're just trying to indict me because I'm running. Yeah, I've yeah. already called it. I'm running. Yeah. You can't stop me That's now. That's why Hillary Clinton did it. But, you know, <laughs> uh, the problem is, and I think DeSantis, I mean, you look back on 2016 and a whole lot of Republicans that had their shot didn't take it because they were worried about Donald Trump, right? Donald Trump was making fun of people. Anybody who said anything bad about Donald Trump, now all of a sudden he gave you a nickname. Nobody wanted that hassle. And I think DeSantis knows better. And I think he knows that he has to take a shot here. And if Donald Trump declares, and Ron DeSantis does not want to be a vice president, I think you're going to see Ron DeSantis come out in a primary against Donald Trump. I do. And I know that they're friends, but I think DeSantis knows that look, if I sit back because I'm scared of Donald Trump, I'm going to miss yeah. my shot. Yeah, but I've I've been seeing a ton of people on Twitter put the poll up. Who do you want? And and they're not just all you know right wing people. They're out, like a bunch of people are putting that poll up, and and DeSantis is winning by seventy five percent. Absolutely, and you're seeing the people that are coming out. I think it was somewhere near seventy percent of those polled, and I don't know I don't know what the polling was, but seventy percent are saying now, I mean, there's almost equal saying, I don't want Joe Biden to run, right? His brain's oatmeal. I mean, this is ridiculous. <laughs> we can't have this guy running the country, but I also don't want Donald Trump running. These people are saying, look, I will leave Donald Trump to go vote for an independent moderate. And this is where the Tulsi Gabbards of the world might have a real shot. If Donald Trump comes out and it's Donald Trump and Joe Biden, you very well, if you're Tulsi Gabbard, you might do all right here, right? Because there's a whole lot of people that are like, yeah, he's just, now let's get into policy. Do you want Donald Trump running this country? Fuck yes, you do. Oh, it was before Corona happened. Everything was firing on all cylinders. There are stickers out there now. I don't know if you've seen them that are Joe Biden pointing to the gas pumps to say, I, I did this. Right. But there's also stickers now with Donald Trump. And he's pointing to the gas pumps, and he and it says, "I can fix this." Oh, I haven't seen. Oh, those. yeah, Jesus. Yeah. yeah, I can fix this, Jesus. So, um, I mean, where are you at on Donald Trump's policies? No, yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, we, look at what the United States was doing when he's president. I mean, the strong policy, military. Yeah, the policies are great. Um, was I, you know, the biggest Trump supporter in the sense of like how he was named cheerleader. Yeah. Cheerleader. No. Cause I, you know, I always joked before he was removed off Twitter, like, Oh, I just wish he tweeted less or things of that sort and, and, and worked on the policy and, and, and did that type yeah. of stuff. They're actually doing him a favor by taking him off yeah. Twitter. Didn't they? Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but exactly. I was listening to a podcast today and they're like, all right, look, let me throw this out there. What if they let Donald Trump back on Twitter, but they ban the rest of us. <laughs> 
<laughs> Continue. But he actually did what he said he was going to do, and people appreciate that. He speaks his mind, which people appreciate. You know, sometimes uh, us politicians were a little too careful on what we say, and I'm guilty of that all the time as well. But um, yeah, I, I wish he was just a little less rough around the edges in terms of you know, like you said, you know, presidential. I wish you, you know, not that he needs to be, you know, proper all the time. And I, I love the fact that he speaks his mind. I just wish sometimes uh, we stuck to the policy rather than the name calling. Well, and that's what we said on this uh, one of our earlier yeah, episodes. But I'd be the same way if I was president. You'd yeah, be saying the true. same shit about me. Well, maybe. Like, damn, Dan, you maybe. need to tone it down. And but I'm our like, problem was, we're like, who's giving him a fucking phone at 2.30 in the morning? Right. right? Like, he's just showing up tweeting this random crazy shit at 2.30. His handlers wake up in the morning. They're like, oh. Well, remember, he did jump up front of the presidential limo and try to yoke that steering wheel. Right, right, right. right. He jumped up there, put that guy in a chokehold. <laughs> put him in a full Nelson. It was like, oh, I'm the captain now. He used his super long tie as a lasso. <laughs> Fucking lying bitch. I'd like to get her on this show. Oh, geez. Calm down. What? You don't just, think she's. I'm not. No, I'm not even making it about her. I'm back to Nathan. You, oh, <laughs> you know what? That's what I'm talking about. You can't ever say that phrase again, dude. Well, whatever. I ain't no bitch. Yeah, you can't say it. Can't say it. So after you win this primary, but before you have this election in November, will you come back? Absolutely, yeah. Yes. Love to be back. Made him say it live so that way I'd be like, <laughs> hey. You know what? We'll go live. We'll go live while we're knocking on doors. Well, and here's my thing, too. Let's say let's say we get, um, what just call it, the, which one we call it, the Bosco Bill? Yeah, Bosco Bill. Right, we get the Bosco Bill passed, and then after it passes and the governor signs it, we're going to celebrate with a cookout on Cinta Lane right by Zip Through Beverage. Oh, in the cul-de-sac. We'll get ourselves a block party permit. (laughs) Yeah. Hell yeah. And then you got to come. All right, I'll be there. So what's your email address at the Statehouse? It's Manning, M-A-N-N-I-N-G, at OhioSenate.gov. All right, so you all heard that. Manning at OhioSenate.gov. Reach out to him now. Tell him you support the Bosco Bill. All right? Now, so he didn't see <laughs> that coming. Oh, tell him you support wow. the Bosco Bill. Let's you know get this I'm gonna, rolling. I'm going to email him right now. I, I'm <laughs> mad at myself. I fell for that. Uh, I didn't even see it but coming. No, listen, all, in all seriousness, um, I can tell you that uh, Nathan is very responsive. Uh, whenever we reach out to Nathan, he gets back to us. If you have issues, um, if you want to know more about Nathan, do you have a website? Yes. Um, you have the official website, but you also have the manningforohio.com. Um, that's my political website. All right. Manningforohio.com. You can go there. If you have questions, reach out to him, man. He's going to get back to you. I promise. And his cell phone number is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. I if do actually put my cell phone on my business card, which is you know kind of crazy for a politician to do. I know. If you can't get a hold of Nathan through his cell phone, his wife's number is. Um, Jesus. But, but clearly, if you take me in a Facebook post, I might not see it. Yeah, yeah clearly. Yeah, yeah. Facebook clearly. game is lame. I'm like, hey, Nathan, man, what do you think about this? <laughs> Here's his Facebook game. That's all I had. It's all, yeah, but but it's, game. you know, I mean, there's a ton of people out there that wish that they could not have a good Facebook game too, because they're just so addicted to it and you were able to do it. it, it I'll be honest, 2018, my election, I gave up Facebook. It got a little too nasty. So, that, you know. Oh, it is. I mean, everybody, you know, there's, there's, that's what, I mean, we always yeah. say that there's not enough punch in the face happening. Yeah. Right. I mean, people can say whatever they want now mm-hmm. and there's no fear of reprisal. Yeah. You could just get online and be like, hey, you know, Nathan Manning is a right. Do so. we do we have any pressing issues coming up uh, in the state that you need to be reelected for for us to make it come to fruition and the governor to sign it? 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, just, just give me one. It, well, I guess business climate or job climate, we're heading in the right direction in that regard. We've had this discussion before and some people disagree, but almost all the rankings out there had us one of the worst states to do business or one of the worst states for jobs. And we've um, increased, you know, increased our positioning in the top 10 now. So oh, good. we're doing really well in that regard. You know, well, and one of, of taxes, one of the greatest of things it. you guys did was pass that bill that uh, the governor and unelected officials can't just shut down business now indefinitely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there's like three different bills that we passed there. The business fairness act where you're, you're picking winners and losers. You can't do that. And then we also had the uh, picking winners and losers, like a Walmart can stay open, but yeah. Essential versus non-essential, right. which, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, certainly we, you know, in, in the, the situation we were in, we want people to be safe, but you know, we had like landscapers that were working alone that couldn't work, you know, because they weren't, you know, essential and it just didn't make any sense. So we, the business fairness act and then Senate bill 22, which really reeled in, um, executive orders, which, Hey, at the end of the day, you know, whether you agreed with them or not, the legislature there is there for a reason. There's co-equal branches, uh, checks and balances. We need to get down there and have a seat at the table. Look, and- nobody says the governor should not in an emergency be able to say, Hey, we got to shut shit down. Okay. But you know what? We're only doing it for 30 days. Yeah. And then it's going to be up to us. And we're all going to look at this, a whole different set of eyes, and we're going to decide whether this is the right course of action. And if it is, you guys will back them up and we'll, we'll continue on. Yeah, that's government 101. And that and that's really all it was. It wasn't anti-DeWine. It wasn't, you know, anti, you know, or, you know, anything with COVID. And in, it was unprecedented. I mean, yeah. we had never seen something like this, mm-hmm. right? This kind of caught everybody off guard. Yep. All of a sudden, businesses are closing. And elections are getting canceled. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. All right. So, Nathan, we're going to give you right now, uh, we're going to give you the mic. Whatever you want to say. He's going to try not to cut you off. I'm going to, I'll mute myself (laughs) like I always do. Uh, We're going to give you the final say, man. Whatever you want to say about your campaign, about the state of Ohio, about the way things are going. It's all yours. No, oh, yeah. Got the floor. Here we go. I think we're doing a lot of great things in the state of Ohio. I think, um, you know, I've been a big part of that. I hope I can continue being a part of that. Um, I'm out there knocking thousands of doors. Came today. I'm a little sticky from the uh, hot weather, but, you know, we're, we're out there um, pounding the pavement, talking to voters. And I know you have a lot more listeners in just Lorain County, but if you live in Lorain County, Erie County, here Huron County, I would love to talk to you um, about my election and hopefully consider me August 2nd. We really think turnout's going to be really low. Um, so your vote really matters if you come out and vote in that Republican primary. And give us your contact information again. Yeah, once again, it's manningforohio.com. You can email us through that website, contact us. Um, I do have a Facebook page that we will respond to. Um, no, they won't. <laughs> the, the team <laughs> will. reach out to. Or if it's anything official. Uh, or if they want to sign in their yard. Yeah, or if you, yeah, you want to sign in your yard, we're putting up signs now. So so um, absolutely, we'll get out there and get one in your yard. All right. Awesome. Well, I appreciate all the work you're doing out there, man. And yeah. and and I appreciate you getting back to me. I appreciate you putting up with the barrage of text messages you got when uh, <laughs> House Bill 6 was going on. Or just now, <laughs> where we're like, we demand an audience. <laughs> all right. We appreciate you. You guys are great. Out. Thanks for having me, as always. As always, we thank you guys for your support. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, if you could drop us a like, drop us a five-star review, that really helps us out. You can find us on Facebook at Pod Bless America. And you can find us on Twitter at Jim and Dan Show. You can find us on Getter at Pod Bless America. And you can find me at Jim at PBAPodcast.com. And you can find me at Dan at PBAPodcast.com. So until next time, I'm Jim. I'm Dan. And Pod Bless America. 